Welcome everybody to episode 223 of the Metabolist 2 podcast featuring myself, Ben. And I am David, and we're back. And I haven't spoken to you since Gallifrey. No, no, no. Yes, exactly. So yeah, it's good to speak <laughs> to you again. Yeah, I, I heard heard you talking to Jess and Lena last episode, and sounds like you had a good time. I think we had a great time, and I think into in the intervening weeks, Jess has been to the BFI in London uh, to see the Sea Devils. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, Katie extra- Manning and extravaganza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, judging by his social media accounts, he was then up in Manchester for a while. Um, I think he <laughs> hung out with Gav Rymel and with Toby Haddock. And Gary Russell, I think he was in the West Country for a bit. And yeah, he's he's been gallivanting around the UK in a, <laughs> in a very jealousy-inducing fashion. Yep. Well, good on you, Jess. Good on you, Jess. Couldn't <laughs> happen to a nicer guy. I, I genuinely mean that. Uh, so yeah, this week, what's what, what's our topic for this week, David? Well, there's been rumors of a spinoff that they're, uh, I think in Radio Times, they ran an article saying that there's most likely in planning a unit spinoff starring uh, Gemma Rungrave as Kate Stewart. So I think we're going to be talking about spinoffs. Yeah. I think Russell RTD has been talking, a, uh, talking them up a bit, right? I think that's part of the uh, RTD master plan to get who on every every week, new who every week of the year, or who related property, uh, all of the Star Trek or Star Wars franchises where there's a lot more going on than the main main show. Than the main show, yeah, which is um, uh, interesting. I don't know. I, I I'll have to say I've never really warmed to Red Graves, Lethbridge Stewart. I, I can. I was, there was talk of a. Wasn't there talk of a unit spinoff like in the 70s or 80s? Or am I getting hmm. myself mixed up? I, I don't recall that at all. Okay. All right. Huh. I mean, it I does mean, seem it, like it would be plausible at the time that Tom Baker took over with Robot that Nick Courtney and the unit family could have, uh, well, at that point it was just Bent and John Levine, could have spun off a little bit, I guess, and joined by Ian Martyr as Harry Sullivan later on. Yeah. Yeah, my 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 concern about I mean, I, so I, I I can see what Russell T Davis is doing here, which is as we've said, you know, looking at Star Trek, looking at Star Wars, right. looking at the kind of multiplicity of Star Wars, uh, you know, franchise spin-off Mandalorian um, and Andor and that Obi Wan Kenobi one, right? They did, can't remember, right? And Star Trek with you know Star Trek, and then there's the Lower Decks animated thing, which everyone mm-hmm. loves. And I think obviously Disney would like another kind of franchise, you know, or Disney Plus in the States, you know, to have, right. to have another franchise juggernaut that they can move stuff off from, I think would be desirable. And I think, you know, Russell T. Davis loves the show and would like there to be enough of it, which means probably too much. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I, my interest about spinoffs is how, how to make them different from, right. the, main, uh, from the main show. I think it was instructive in the previous age in RT, RTD one era where there were two spinoffs. Yes. One of which was for adults in inverted commas, Torchwood. Yep. And one of which was for kids in inverted commas, Sarah Jane adventures. So right. rather than kind of change the genre of the show they changed the audience of the show hmm. with the trailing of a potential 
unit spin-off, I'm wondering whether a a I mean how would that be different from Torchwood? Less sex. And I think uh, <laughs> hopefully less <laughs> yes, less sexy cyber women if possible. Or would it be a change of genre? Um, mm-hmm. you know, is because again, the 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 previous iteration of spin-off was about target audience. Right. Perhaps now we're looking at different genres. Well, I just wonder with the unit spin-off itself if there's enough in unit stories to warrant a spin-off. Uh, I think it was, you know, Terrence Dix always said Mac Hulk said, "Well, now you've done it when they did the Earthbound season 7 Doctor, you have two stories, the alien invasion story and the mad scientist story. Is there enough variety in storytelling that really warrant the unit files or whatever it is?" Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, that's, yes, exactly. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's a question. If you look at other Earthbound mysterious shows, I mean, you look at X-Files. Um, right. You, you, you look back at Torchwood. I think Torchwood's USP was the, uh, what's it called? What, what was the thing in Cardiff? There was like a thing, wasn't there? Like a the black hub? hole or a... The hub? No, the, there was like a thing. The riff? The rift, that was it. So there was a rift, yeah. um, which meant, you know, evil things could come in and they could go to play. You know, there, there was a there was a thing there that was doing a thing that would help kind of drive the plot a little bit. Yeah. With Unit, it's, well, okay. I think Uncle Terrence was maybe being a little bit short with what can happen mm-hmm. on kind of Earth mysterious shows because there have been quite a lot of those and by and large they can be successful. I mean, again, you know, thinking of something like the X-Files, which was able to, you know, you had two people embedded within a larger organization right. who were solving mysteries. I mean, I always used to describe to myself as, you know, the X-Files was kind of a reverse Scooby-Doo because like, you know, in Scooby-Doo, the ghost is always not a ghost. It's someone pretending to be a ghost. In the X-Files, the ghost is always an actual ghost, um, mm. even though they think that it's someone pretending to be a ghost. Right. But that doesn't work very well within the Who format, where the Who format is always there's a scientific explanation for the ghost. And with Kate Stewart kind of being the sciencey brigadier, effectively, that Science brigadier, yeah. yeah, you're not going to want them to be uh, paranormal or conspiracy theory or you know, conspiracies or that type of stuff that the X-Files really excelled in. You want the explanation to be well it actually is aliens like uh in ancient histories you have the guy with the bad hair going i'm not saying it's aliens but it's it's, aliens but it's aliens that's effectively what you're going to have or you're going to have lab leak type plots or insane putin-esque rulers who are unleashing something salamanders yeah and i yeah i just wonder um the unit concept is over 50 years old And I think the problem that I have a lot with Doctor Who now is since RTD has made them world-encompassing problems, like, okay, the Daleks are invading. Everyone knows the Daleks are there. The Cybermen are invading. They're at the Taj Mahal. They're at the Eiffel Tower. They're in London. The scale of the invasions now are so big. It's not like you have the Zygons in some Scottish village somewhere Right. RTD has this tendency or had in the past to make everything bigger. And it's sort of like, I think you need to deal with smaller scale because effectively you get 
like Torchwood, uh, was it was it the Children of the Earth? Yeah, with the four, five, six, or whatever they're called, seven, eight, nines. Can't remember. Yeah, we're, we're, and I mean it's another big invasion where you don't have the Doctor and RTD. I think really put an exclamation point on that. That he believes you really need the Doctor. Right, right, right. Perhaps the Children of Earth is what we should be looking at. Perhaps that was RTD's final word on the kind of world encompassing horrific alien invasion i think it was deliberately made as horrific as possible the aliens were mm-hmm. you know one of the more unpleasant aliens we've seen their plan which was to eat all the children something like that can't remember weren't they used children as some kind of drug they would torture all the children then use the stuff that came out of children's brains while they were being tortured as a kind of drug or something yeah they were kind of yeah. addicted to sadism monsters from outer space and then right. the whole point is we gave into them and we gave them all our children or at least that was the plan that seems mm-hmm. to be such a a kind of okay this is as bad as it can possibly get story that right. maybe rtd's plan is to take it back down to the home counties i mean i think you are absolutely correct that the kind of world spanning alien invasion whereas that you know that increases the kind of threat level it, it's kind of more and more untenable in terms of how you solve it's impossible. it and how you pretend that people are shocked when, when another alien race invades, when everybody knows that we've already fought off the Daleks in some kind of way. To bring the mm-hmm. threat back down to the home counties, to be, have it be like three Zygons in Loch Ness <laughs> to get rid of, right. or three Daleks in the Day of the Daleks, and some Ogrons, right. I suppose, to get rid of. That's, smaller scale. That's smaller mm-hmm. scale. That seems doable. I mean, I was thinking about... I mean, it's not a show I know well, unfortunately, because I've never... I don't know whether it's streaming anywhere, and I don't. I've never had the videos or DVDs. But there's the show Doom Watch, which was the Kit mm. Peddler and Jerry Davis quasi. Yeah. Who, what they did next after Who, which was kind of an eco threat show. I mean, one can imagine Unit having some kind of remit to deal with that sort of ecological threats. You know, I don't know, mutant insects, yeah. or I don't know, mm, mutant something else. The problem I think the whole genre has, including Doctor Who, is the threats that we face now are on a global scale. We have climate change, which is not being solved. And how does that differ from the Zygon's plan back in 75? It was the Zygon's plan back in 75. It was it's the exactly. Silurian's plan back in, back in 1970. Yeah. So it's sort of like we have these global threats now. And I think scaling down unit to handle well we can't solve the big problems but we can keep the little problems from becoming big problems you know we can nip it in the bud so to speak but then again i mean doctor who being a time traveling show and i think we talked about this before actually but doctor who being a time traveling show there are huge problems that the doctor could probably just go back and solve i mean i guess you Mm. know we've had let's kill hitler and like that didn't Mm. work out but you know there are horrible things that have happened in human history that if the doctor was a real thing, fixing those might be a good idea, but he hasn't because he's not real. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know whether that really is an objection because it's not been an objection traditionally. One rationalization is that the doctor has done things in the past because it could be worse. That's true. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Point taken, mm-hmm. point taken on that one. And then we get the fixed point in time thing, you know, the, where yeah, you, yeah. the things you can't change because they're special, blah, blah, blah. So, that's, so that's we, I mean, are we, 
<laughs> I mean, are we concluding then that a unit spin-off is, is not possible? Because, I mean, we're not as smart as Russell T. Davis, or maybe we are. I wonder what his plan could be. What his plan could be, I, I would hope it would be on the smaller scale. Uh, unit is unified now. It's not no longer United Nations. And it's uh, intelligence. So uh, I think it has more potential than Torchwood ever did. I'm not sure what Torchwood was, but it never clicked for me for the spinoffs that did happen. Uh, of the three modern spinoffs, it was Class, Torchwood, and Sarah Jane's Adventures. It was Sarah Jane's Adventures that did much better engaging with me. And as yes. an, even as an adult right. viewer, agreed. They, were, they seemed more agreed, agreed. Doctor Who stories. And then they were. You had Sarah Jane basically being Doctor Who. You had uh, the kids were the companions. Yeah. Yeah, it was Doctor Who, basically. Yeah, it was 1970s Doctor Who, effectively, yeah. I, I felt. Um, if you look at the unit stories in Modern Who, and to me, the only one that really stands out, there are two. Day of the Doctor, where we introduce the Black Archives. So maybe there will be something with the Black Archives. Right, right. Or the Santaran Stratagem, which, since they don't exist, they should exist, and they should be a real Thing, dealing with alien incursions and basically as uh, brigadier was telling liz shaw back in spearhead from space you know the amount of outer space debris that drops on a planet is significant and their job is to go check it out yeah and i think i think they'll have to be effective as well i mean i'm remembering mm -hmm. back to um what the uh, uh what was the big finish unbound where the doctor wasn't present in the 1970s so like the Brigadier just made a vague kind of hash of everything and exploded, mm. exploded all the aliens rather than kind of solve them and <laughs> yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Anyway, so Big Finish did that. There's no Doctor in the 70s kind of counterfactual. Right. So they'd have to be effective. Mm -hmm. My feeling there is they go, is they'll bring it to an X-Files place where it is, or as you say, black, you know, black, there's yeah, a, there's, yeah. there's two individuals Within the organization who are, you know, um, you know, they don't follow the rules. They've got 48 hours to solve the crime. Kate Lethbridge-Stewart is the stupid chief. You're like, you've got, you're going to hand in your badge. You know, all that, that kind of <laughs> stuff. It's going to be like, you mm. know, Starsky and Hutch or something. They have mm. to go out and solve a thing every week. Yeah. Well, I think you have two characters. You got Kate Stewart and you got uh, Osgood, Petronella Osgood who are fan favorites. So if Ingrid Oliver is available, I could see her coming back and Agreed. playing her role. Then you have the whole Zygon bit. So Zygons probably may make a bigger appearance in the unit files because we don't know one way or another if Osgood is Zygon or not. I think if you do the X-Files approach... I don't see it working as well, and I don't see the, the good cop, bad cop running off and solving the mystery. I don't see it as working as well as where you have more of the unit family in season seven and eight, where you have maybe a Joe Grant type person in there, and or or even a Bill Filer type person. You make an oh, international. Files. Yeah. The effective stories are going to be like the Green Death, where you're investigating a chemical leak and... It's 
creating giant maggots. Do much again. Yeah. Yeah. Or Invasion of Dinosaurs, where you have the mad scientists. Exactly. You, you have the Silurian Sea Devil bit. You can always do the season finale where you have, okay, this is, we, we're stopping a Cyberman invasion or a Santaran invasion or something. But I, I think if it becomes like conspiracy theory, like they're not aliens, I don't think the X Files resonates as well today as they did in the 90s. Yeah, but I think I think to have to have so Kate Lethbridge Stewart is you know the head of unit. Yes, I think it's difficult to have a show where in any in any show in any genre show that's about a mystery to be addressed. And correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm being I'm super generalizing here. You know, the hero is always the one who doesn't fit in, right? The rebel, the one who doesn't play by the rules the one that we relate to because that's how we think we are we everyone doesn't think they play by the rules hmm. in Sherlock Holmes you know like it's never the inspector Lestrade mysteries you know um <laughs> it's 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 Sherlock Holmes right. that's who we're interested in we're not interested in the police when it's Darsky and Hutch it's not we're not interested in whoever their boss is right I can't remember do, do they have a boss in Starsky and Hutch I don't know I'm... Yeah, who knows? Um, well, okay. So if it's, if it's the professionals, we the you know I'm I'm only obsessed with the with the professionals right now because Lena is chugging her way through the professionals, which I find just an incredibly amusing amusing thought. But it, but if it's if it's the professionals, you know, it's not the Cowley adventures; it's the Bodie and Doyle adventures. That's we're interested in Bodie and Doyle. We're not interested in. In their boss. So you're going to need a new set of unit characters. Exactly. And I think your idea is the way I would do it. I would do Bill Filer. I wouldn't actually do Bill Filer, but I would have (laughs) unit is a, a, you know, it's it's a worldwide organization. Absolutely. Someone from the United States is seconded to the UK office of unit. Right. And he's a fish out of, he or she is a fish out of water. They have to learn the ropes. They're a little bit of a maverick. They're twinned up with Osgood who might be a Zygon. Um <laughs> you know, that starts to write itself for me. And then, you know, Kate Lethbridge Stewart floats around and is their cranky boss. Right. Um, but she's actually got a heart of gold mm-hmm. and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think you have someone like Joe Grant who is new. Exactly. You know, you could have someone who's Chinese. You could there have you a go. Kiwi down there. You're going to want this to be internationally saleable. So have someone from South America. Have a have a group cast like you have with Torchwood where you you basically are going to build a 21st century unit family. You have Kate Stewart on the top. I'm not sure that I would have Osgood out there doing the adventures. I don't know what Ingrid Oliver... I mean, she's a comedian, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You would have these casts. I would have Bambera come back for a cameo or something the same way that you had uh, Nick Courtney come yeah. back. I mean, that would work. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think, you know, it really depends on how much fan service you want to deliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Bam- getting Bambera back is great. There'd have to be like a good reason for it. Um, yeah. You know, she, I trust RTD to come up with good reasons to the, do fan service. He's he has good at that. That's true. That, that is part of his skill set, certainly. Yeah. Throwing this out to you as an idea, would you revive uh, the British space program or a unified space program? Oh, so we're really we're doing unit continuity here, and we you know that there was a we 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 were on our way to Mars. Android invasion, yeah. yeah. You know there was a or snow cap, yeah. There was a difficulty at a Antarctic. 
basin, 1986, etc., etc. I don't know. I mean, I think I think setting it in a truly alternative reality is a that's a that's a ballsy move. But you know, RTD's nothing if not a gutsy fellow. So um, yeah, why not set it five years in the future or ten years in the future, so to speak, or set it in an alternative 2023 mm. where you know Britain's been to Mars several times. You know, <laughs> it could um, be, yeah. You know, do the whole kind of um, boy one. Yeah, exactly. Um, whole vertical empire thing. I don't know. Well, that brings up an interesting spinoff idea, since we were going to also talk about other spinoffs. What if you did do something like a, a Mark Gatiss thing, Empress of Mars, where you have Victorians in space, or you do, I know you're not a fan of steampunk, but uh, something... Well, no, I, 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 I could do steampunk. It has to be done well, though. Carry on. <laughs> like something along those lines where you do an alternative history spinoff that this is one of the parallel Earths because uh, Doctor Who, one of the original remits is forward, it's backwards and sideways in true, time. True. And we're we're going to do a sideways in time with Empire. I mean, it'd be sort of like a Bridgerwood thing. I mean, I think always the challenge there is is budget. Hmm. So, you know, if, you, if you're going to set something in a truly not just like alternative 2023 which is a bit like 2023 only pretty much the same if you're going to do like a complete alternative world then you've got expense in terms of sets you've got expense in terms of you know cgi you got sony money though thinking of this so if you if well exactly i mean now we're talking mandalorian stuff basically which yeah which is which is possible um, and uh, I mean, you know, that that was a potential Moffat spinoff with um, the the Paternoster gang, yeah. Which I always felt was probably not tenable because two of the main characters had to be in makeup. I mean, you right. know, heavy prosthetic makeup the entire time, mm-hmm. which I don't think was actually practical. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought it was kind of your budget wise <laughs> and actor wise is particularly practical. Um, yeah, but. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's do a Edgar Rice Burroughs thing, which I guess is what Gattis was doing with, yeah. with Empress of Mars. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd have Martians on Mars or the Ice Warriors on Mars. You'd, you could actually have the Victorians go to Venus and it'd be like a jungle planet or something like that. I mean, you've got plenty of cool Mars stuff. I mean, you've got the waters, you've got the evil water that lives on Mars. You have the Ice Warriors that are from Mars. Mm-hmm. You have the whole Sutek thing on Mars. So yeah. you have a, you know, a mad god who's got some... <laughs> Martian connections. I mean, there's a lot of cool Mars stuff. So, Mad God, bringing it back to Unit, you could uh, do a twist on that with uh, like the demons or uh, Lovecraftian thing. Definitely demons. Combination of well, you have this ancient, ancient evil underneath the sea, Cthulhu. Effectively, you have some kind of uh, alien invasion. Not really invasion, but the alien has been here for a long time, and now it's awakened. Yep, exactly, exactly. So you got, and then you got cults. People could get sacrificed to things. I mean, that all works. I mean, there's plenty of creepy, you know, seaside villages in Britain where everyone can have webbed feet. Um, so you know, <laughs> you have like Elon Musk type characters, which are ripe for satire and parody. And being this is a uh, Bad Wolf type production and no longer a BBC type production, you might be able to have a little more creative leeway rather than. Uh, true, being, true. Uh, hand-braked. Have, have it, having to be even-handed to everybody. Yeah, I mean, Elon Musk looks like he's an alien anyway, really. I mean, they always <laughs> expect his face to fall off and it to be like a... Actually, what he looks like is an auton. He's got really mm. weird, smooth skin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's made of plastic. I think he might be onto something. So, yeah, you know, but, I mean, I think, you know, the two of us are in the writer's room 
with Rusty. Um, I think we're coming up with some potentially some good ideas here. Uh, I think the risk that we run uh, with any spinoff, and this is what we talked about back in, I think, November, Doctor Less Who. If it's a Doctor Who spinoff, what is the purpose? It just becomes some other show. I think where Torchwood became just another show is it just became the wacky alien invasion or the wacky alien right. sex thing of the week. Where Sarah Jane, I thought, was more... <laughs> wacky alien sex thing, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the spinoff series name. I don't know. <laughs> Unit and the wacky alien. Anyways, what Sarah Jane worked well is I think it stuck to a well-tested Doctor Who format. It felt like Doctor Who, you could have Matt Smith or David Tennant drop in, in character. Right. And it fits. It, it seemed like an episode of Doctor Who, maybe more kid-friendly than the teen-plus audience that the show had morphed into, but it, it, it still felt like the show. You couldn't have Doctor Who go on Torchwood because if the kids saw the Doctor was on Torchwood and it was the crazy sex alien of the week, yeah. parents wouldn't want that, or some parents wouldn't want that. I mean, doc, I mean this, this is why people love Doctor Who, because it is a... It's a problem-solving show that solves problems in ways that are unique to it. Right. It's not all tortured and sexy and kind of gun-toting. It's all of the things that aren't that, which is why it attracts people like us and people like everyone else who are, who are fans of the show. One of the things, I again, I've been sort of thinking about is, okay, we, we, we've talked about spin-offs and we've talked about kind of high-profile American spin-offs from franchises. So I'll put aside the whole Marvel thing for now, the whole Marvel DC thing. Mm -hmm. But looking at Star Wars and Star Trek, what those spin-offs are doing, they're going, okay, what other stories can we tell within the Star Wars universe? What other stories can we tell within the Star Trek universe? I think one of the problems with Doctor Who is there is no Doctor Who universe. No. You know, the show deliberately for its entire life, it's all of time and space. Mm -hmm. So there is no kind of overarching, it's a rebellion against the evil empire or we're the Federation and we go out and be nice to people. Mm -hmm. There's no universe that is distinct from other universes. Right. The, what's great about Doctor Who is that it's everything everywhere all the time just like the Oscar-winning movie. But there isn't, a, there, isn't a, uh, there isn't a solid ground to stand on. There are no rules right. in the Doctor Who universe, whereas in the Star Wars universe there are rules, and in the Star Trek universe there are rules. Right. The Doctor universe is without rules, um, and therefore telling other stories within that universe kind of doesn't make a huge amount of sense. Well, we do have the one rule, and I think we hit upon it again, is you need the Doctor. Right. So what if the spinoff was you have another doctor in parallel. Say you have Paul McGann. The, I think people have been clamoring for the eighth Doctor Adventures. Yeah. Uh, and I, for one, would sign up in a, in a hot minute. I'm a big fan of Paul McGann. I don't know how we would differentiate the eighth Doctor Adventures from the 14th Doctor Adventures or the 15th Doctor Adventures. But, you know, maybe he'd more, be more of a kind of Mandalorian doctor and be kind of wandering about on his own. Hmm. I don't know, maybe with a small green baby of some kind. <laughs> with big ears. <laughs> <laughs> with big ears, like, you know, moseying into town like it's a Western. Mm -hmm. Or maybe something else. I don't know. But, I mean, I think, I think that's a... I, 
I think that's a good idea. I think the I think the challenge there is well, how do you make it different from what the regular doctor is up to? Do you need to make it different? Whoa. I mean, if you want to saturate the airwaves of Doctor Who, why not saturate the airwaves of Doctor Who and have a couple doctors running in parallel? Whoa. Not back-to-back scheduling, but tag team. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's basically, it's just Doctor Who. And instead of exhausting our lead man or woman, we have several lead men slash women who are all doing roughly the same thing at the same time. That could work. Is there any reason why you can't have, I mean, it's a time travel show. And then for the season finale or something, the, the two shows intersect. You bring both fandoms. I mean, I, I imagine if it was Doctor Who and Doctor Who, you're going to have the same fandom. But you have that super episode where you have the two streams. You cross the two streams. Right, right. Well, I mean, so you have, so you've got, you've got, you've got the 14th slash 15th. Well, you got the 15th Doctor. Uh, you got Shooty. Yep. You have Paul McGann, Eighth Doctor Adventures, and then you have the Fugitive Doctor, um, <laughs> yeah. who's a kind of you know alternative universe Doctor where things are slightly different, but she yep. can cross over when she feels like it to kind of regular the regular universe. You've got three right. actual Doctor Who shows running at the same time, yep. and you're not constrained by this is the companion of the Doctor, this is how they're going to have to behave for the next three years until the Doctor, the actor, wants to move on. Mm-hmm. You've got, well, actually, we've got a whole bunch of things happening at the same time. So it's more of a, it's more of a big finish approach. Basically. You've got multiple Doctors doing multiple Doctory things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could work. As the main actor, I think that's where you run the risk because you, you have Gatwa there who's a really a popular, hot actor right now. Is it fair to him to share the limelight. How do you balance that as a production company? Yeah. All doctors are equal, but you're the star now. I think you don't run them at the same time. It's sort of like, well, you're Doctor Who first four months of the year, then you have Fugitive, and then you have Eighth, and then you, you, you cycle through them. It's a time-traveling show. There's nothing that says the doctor has to be one actor at a time. So these shows are kind of running concurrently... In one way, but in another way, they're not running concurrently in a kind of temporal way. Yeah. Yeah, so you have you have four months of Shooty, you have four months of Paul, you have four months of another Doctor, and that adds up to uh, 12, months. 12 months. So Doctor yep. Who is on all the time. Yep. So you're back to the kind of Hartnell years where, except that the lead doesn't have to go, you know, you don't have to have Doctorless episodes when Bill has to go away to Skegness for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, that could also work. I think that's what I would do, uh, mainly because I'm of the firm belief that you can't have Doctor Who without the Doctor. Uh, Torchwood, I think, was less successful. Uh, Sarah Jane Adventures was successful because you had, effectively, Doctor Who. Because it was the Doctor, yeah. I feel that that, that Russell kind of, you know, took Torchwood to its absolute limit with Children of Earth. And I think that, to me, that was him signaling, okay, this is done. It's finished. Right. We can't do any more with this format. And I think it's, in, I think it's instructive that that, really, that actually was the end of Torchwood. Nothing more was done with that format. Uh, and I think possibly he, I think you, you may be right, he, he may have discovered in doing that work. Didn't it come back from uh, another series after that, a joint production with the U.S.? Oh, was there? I, I vaguely, rec- I think there was a, fourth series of oh, yeah. Torchwood that RTD was 
tangentially or loosely involved oh, with. Yeah, I, that's kind of ringing a bell, actually. I vaguely recall I that. Mm. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, it should end with ter- uh, children of Earth, but yeah, you know, money yeah. talks. In which case, there is no Doctor Who universe without the Doctor Who. Right. Just like, apparently, in Star Trek, there's no Star Trek without the Starship Enterprise of some kind. Hmm. What is the thing that kind of anchors the show? Um, maybe it is the Doctor themselves, and what we're looking at in terms of spin-offs is different Doctors, not different places. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think whatever spin-off you have, you have to have your production team and your writers and your carrier, your broadcaster or streaming service has to be comfortable with your lead actor appearing on your spin-off. And that wasn't the case with Torchwood, but it was the case with Sarah Jane. Uh, class started out that way, but by the time class is over, I don't think you'd want the doctor back into it. It really didn't feel like Doctor Who right. with class. So I think that is one of the rules of any kind of spinoff is Doctor Who has to be able to go on the spinoff right, right. and people be okay with that. So I'm just looking at the internet here. Yeah, there was a series for... Uh, but it was okay. broadcast on Stars, which is a streaming platform or cable system I wasn't really aware of. Hmm. And uh, there were 10 episodes, hmm. uh, which I've never seen and don't know anything about. So they're not part of my my personal Torchwood chronology. So there you go. <laughs> I wonder if they're streaming somewhere else at the moment. Who knows? Anyway, whatever. Don't yeah, know. There you go. So. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think the more you think about the Doctor Who, and I think I've already said there's no real such thing as the Doctor Who universe. Mm-hmm. What is the Doctor Who universe? The Doctor Who universe is Doctor Who, the character. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the thing that makes it the thing. And without that individual, there is no show. I really like the idea of it being on, you know, 12 months and every year. And just it just cycles through. And that would give a hot actor like Shooty would be able to do other work. Right. In fact, all, all, all of the actors would be able to do other work because they would not be on all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you'd program it so that the audience themselves wouldn't get confused because, you know, again, I would hope that this is a show that would be aimed at aimed at everybody. Well, if you cast actors that have already been the Doctor, then where's the confusion? I, mean, I think the confusion is is we're, we're talking as fans. What was, to me, what was great about... Mm. The Who revival in 2005 is that Russell wanted to make it a show that everybody watched again. So it wasn't just a show for fans. Um, It was a show that everybody wanted to be part of. Now, I think, thinking about that as I talk, we may be at a point where there's no such thing anymore. There is is no universal show. That that was possible in 2005, which is getting on for 20 years ago now. Mm -hmm. With streaming and thinking about Andor and Mandalorian, etc., those are shows for fans. They're not shows for everybody. They're shows for people who subscribe to Disney Plus and they binge on that show. So maybe that's what maybe this is what's happening. Maybe this is a move of of Doctor Who away from a universal show that everyone everyone is invested in some way in to something that's more akin to American TV now where you know there's really there's very little that everyone is a fan everyone is uh, everyone watches. Uh, this is a show this Doctor Who these this new format these multitudinous spin-offs of Doctor Who are shows for fans of Doctor Who. Yeah. 
only. Basically, I think that's where we are. I mean, there's going to be some people that pick up the show, but it's not like you're bringing back a show after a long hiatus. Yeah. You're wanting to maximize Doctor Who. And again, I mean, this is a conversation that I had with people at the bar at Gallery One, and it's something that I always like to bring up because I think it's uh, something that maybe American fans don't fully understand. You know, when Doctor Who was on in the 60s, 70s, especially, maybe not so much the 80s, but certainly the 60s and 70s, it was a show that everybody watched. It was a universal show that everybody knew about. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who in the States has never been a show that everyone knows about. Um, yeah. It has always been a niche show for fans of that show. If we're thinking about Disney Plus money and this being on an American streaming platform, maybe this is where we are. We're thinking about making a show that is for fans of that show only. And we're imagining, and I think possibly we're right, that there are enough fans of this show in the United States, especially the rebooted show, that that would actually work. There was only one spin-off series that I ever thought of, and that's my uh, infamous or famous uh, Ramana in E-Space with the Tharl companion back in right. 1980 after Warrior's Gate, which it again would have been, Ramana would have taken on that Doctor role. She would have made her own TARDIS, and effectively at some point you would have had her return back to end space right. and uh, return to Gallifrey. I think as long as you're comfortable with your spinoffs coming back into the main program, I think you're good. Yeah. Yeah, I think you are. Interesting. And if you have multiple doctors running simultaneously, then them meeting is your season finale. That's your big thing. That's that's your fan service where you have the shows cross over. And that's crazy. That's epic. That's a big, big event. Yeah, Sutex back and they have to, yeah, Omega's fought his way back into, you know, our dimension from mm-hmm. from the black hole and his blah, 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 etc. doing a thing that needs to be stopped. Or the first doctor's back and he wants to smack everyone's bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we, we must stop him. Stop him. Stop him before he smacks again. Um, okay, that works. That works for me. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm going with that. I'm going with that as a concept. Did you have any other spinoff ideas? Goodness. Um, well, I mean, I think the, I mean, the other... I mean, this is me thinking about Lower Decks, which is a show I've not seen. Um, I only know that everyone loves it. Oh, it's good. You should watch the first season. Do you have to get Paramount Plus to watch it or something? It is on DVD, so that's where I checked my library, and my library had a copy of it. And since the pandemic, they don't have any due dates, so I, I checked it out and watched it over... Over a course of a couple months. Okay, interesting. Yes, physical media. Um, yeah, I, it's <laughs> crazy, crazy thought. Crazy thought. I, so there's there's animation, and and obviously yeah. during the during the pomp of the David Tennant years, there were I think at least three animated shows, right? Mm, there was some. I don't know the number. Yeah. Um, so we could do animation. Um, the quality has to be as good as Lower Deck. Yeah, so do we do something comedic? Or, you know, do we really kind of lean into animating our lost episodes and as much as I think the kind of cheap and cheerful animation that we've seen so far from Reconstructions has been serviceable enough, but you know, you really animate those things. Yeah, um, so no Sony money in for the missing episode animation. So I think it, Sony wants something new. I... Yeah, I, 
I don't think we lean into missing episodes for something new. That's that's fan effectively that's fan service for fifty year old fans. But what we can do is we can do first doctor, second doctor, third doctor, hmm. fourth doctor, I guess if we want, probably. Um we can do those adventures. So we can do animated past doctors. So recast voice actors with Big Finish and Which we've already done. Big Finish have got several, Patrick Tronio has got several second Doctors running. They've got several first Doctors. They've got one, I think, excellent third Doctor. They've got John Culshaw, who's willing to come into the recording studio the drop of a hat and do Doctor Who voices for people. There's your spin-offs. That is effectively... uh... Doctor Who, the untold stories... Or something you do it's effectively what we're we would do with a live action with paul mcgann but you would do it animated with uh like say the first three doctors yeah yeah interesting i'd like that because as soon as you run up to the younger doctors i think you have problems with animation because i think those faces are less expressive what's disappointed me about the animations and i understand why because they have to be done cheaply is that you know you've not really gone with the expressiveness of someone like patrick trouton where you know if you can imagine that animated in a traditional uh like a cell animation i mean that you know that really expressive face and really kind of Mm -hmm. giving that life i think that'd be great i mean I'd, i'd like to see that and i think bringing those characters to new adventures would work even though they are you know they're old characters they're still great characters hmm i'm more inclined to live action so i'd, I'd love to see joe martin doing like the division files of doctor who or something like that where she would get her own four months worth of stories oh yeah i'm so, so I'm, I'm saying it's it's shooty it's joe and it's paul those are our three kind of live action doctors oh but then you would supplement it with the doctor who files or the untold stories with animated uh, and then there'd be the, there'd be doctor who the untold stories which is the doctor's first three doctors doing some things and then from time to time our current doctors would drop in in their animated selves for a season finale and help 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 people out could have tom drop in i suppose or yeah i mean tom could tom record his own voice or they could just ju- just get cool short to do it hmm. so hmm. i don't know yeah i think animation has a lot of potential for stories that are too big for the screen so to speak where the budget would be too big to realize in non-animated form uh how do i feel about having the first three doctors in animated form I, I don't know. I, I'd have to think on that. And you, with with the infinite number of doctors, pre-Hartnell doctors... Well, there you go. You wouldn't even have to do the three, you know, the Hartnell, Troughton, Pertwee. You could just have a, you could have a new doctor entirely and add, add a solely animated doctor. Have you seen that kind of Japanese anime style Pertwee? Yeah, um, yeah. Doctor, yeah. So I'm thinking something like that. Hmm. I mean, really going for it animation-wise. So none of that kind of... They've got really long arms and they just stand about kind of reconstruct the animations but real like expensive i mean real kind of rick and morty level expensive animation yeah i think money is spent on the main series of doctor who but then anytime anytime it's mentioned in the same breath as something like animation or anything it seems like from my fan perspective is it's sort of like well we can't afford that well it's a naturally cheap show yeah uh would sony want to sink money into say 13 animated episodes to see 
see if this uh, format would work. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, just to kind of riff off my previous comment, now that Rick and Morty's kind of done-ish with Justin Roiland being persona non grata, right. Rick and Morty's essentially Doctor Who. It's like a nasty version of Doctor Who. Nasty Doctor, yeah. There you go. Just stop calling it Rick and Morty. Start calling it Doctor Who. Make it nicer. Bish bosh job's done. <laughs> Could do. You know. Could do. Yeah. I wonder what the budget for a season of Rick and Morty was. I do not know. Because I could visualize that. Yeah, I mean, it's cheap in terms of voice actors because I think there's only basically three or four of them and then guest stars. I think it's the animation kind of looks expensive to me, but then what do I know? If you did animation, would you want like a more stylized animation? Like uh, I, I always go back to like Samurai Jack. Yeah, I, uh, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I want super kinetic whirling stylized animation what really sorry i'm going to keep us what really kind of bugs me about the reconstruction animation and i know the reason for it but i'm going to say anyway it's just so static and it doesn't have even doesn't even have the dynamism of 1960s television which is a notoriously not very dynamic television televisual form it's just static and you know it's it's kind of like captain pugwash or something it's it's too static for me yeah I think you have to leverage the advantage of animation where you have facial expressions that actors can't do. You do things that are more animated. Exactly. Which is why I think the first three Doctors with their expressive kind of young old faces are perfect for that kind of animation. Yeah, potentially, potentially. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to see a Patrick Troughton that looks like Patrick Troughton. I want to see a caricature, effectively, of Patrick Troughton. yeah. Um, like what Aid Salmon would do, yeah. I think would be a good example. Yeah, get Aid Salmon to do it. Now you're talking Samurai Jack with him. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, get him on yeah. the blower. Yeah. So, like, for example, I don't know if you, your kids watched Disney's Hercules, but they had the Greek chorus who were kind of stylized gotcha. Greek art figures that you'd see on pottery or not. That's the kind of look I would like to see if they were doing something animating the myth makers. There you go. And where we get into trouble, I think, is where we do something like Fury from the Deep, where we take certain liberties, but you're still trying to be, well, we're still trying to emulate the show. Absolutely. I agree. I mean, I think the interesting, just to go back to the Hercules things, all those characters are all designed by Gerald Scarf, who's a famous British political cartoonist. Hmm. So again, this idea, you know, your brilliant idea of getting Aid Salmon in to do this, that absolutely fits. And let's have the animation fit the story. Right. And let's have a lot of, let's, as you say, let's have these characters really be animated. Mm-hmm. Let's have them not be static. Uh, or even, I mean, if we're going to have them be static, have them be static in a Scooby-Doo kind of way, you know. Um, so when the second Doctor has to run away, he does that kind of leg twirl thing. They go and Scooby-Doo with that sound effect, you know. <laughs> That would be amazing, because that's basically how Troughton acted that character. It is. It is, in many ways. Yoinks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yoinks. Yeah. Have K- had K- K- K9 come in and go, yoinks, and, you know, demand a K9 snack or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, would love, I would love the show to be thrown to a really well-funded and creative in a way that they're not being given any rules to follow animation studio. Yeah. And for the stories, just to, I think, be clear, for at least for my sake, 
for the reconstruction animations, do a style that lends it to the story. But if we're doing a series, you can't change the style of every story. No, 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 no. For the for the reconstruction, well, again, I mean, you know, as, as I said many times, when we do the Space Pirates, we need to do that as Super Marionation. <laughs> and we hire all those guys, and there's a whole team of people who are remaking old Thunderbird episodes or making right. new Thunderbirds episodes in, you know, in the style of the 1960s. Just give it to those guys and say, okay, you've got the soundtrack, do the Space Pirates. But for you know the kind of the new past Doctor adventures, uh, yeah, just, just do it. Do do it full Rick and Morty style. I mean, you know, not literal the Rick and Morty style, but you know, do it as a high budget mm-hmm. cartoon. Well, I think with the uh, going back to Samurai Jack style, it's an affordable style, but it has a very it has its own look, and it's very distinctive. And I think that's would help differentiate a Doctor Who animated series is to have a very distinct look, not do something like they did with Star Trek in the 1970s animation where it's a right. Hanna-Barbera style. Yeah, yeah. Unless, of course, you know, we deliberately try and do a Hanna-Barbera type style, which is, you know, like it would be would my dream for a Troughton episode is to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it would be contemporary. It would be contemporary. <laughs> So there you go. I think we have some viable spinoffs. I do agree. I think we've done a good job. Uh, It will be interesting to see what Bad Wolf and RTD come up with. And as usual, um, Russell, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, (laughs) both myself and David are available for for hire at reasonable rates. (laughs) Very reasonable. Very reasonable (laughs) rates. Very reasonable rates. Yeah. And we'll do it from home. I mean, we're fine. We don't need to come to the office. We can, do it, we can do it over Zoom. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, RTD. If you've been, <laughs> I've been talking with. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to episode 223 of the Metabulous 2 podcast. I have been. Uh, in the writer's room with Ben working out all the ideas for Doctor Who spinoffs and I have become increasingly animated with David um, thinking about thinking about Doctor Who spinoffs excellent and until next time farewell It's quite all right, Jamie. The planet is quite safe. There's just going to be a localized volcanic eruption. It'll only affect the island. Maybe so, but we happen to be on the island. Oh, my word! Oh, oh.